0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Pinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. Big shout out to D'Monte We got Dino on the pod today. Everybody, clap it up for Dino. Dino, happy you could be here. We are finally to the season, fellas. Week zero is tomorrow. We are all fired up. Yeah, so we actually- got to get so we got to get everybody lit tonight with our college football preview. we giving out our conference winners, possible dark horses, some long shots that we want to sprinkle on, and then our favorite over-under bets for each conference. We'll take you guys through our college football playoff picks and our eventual national champion. And we'll also give out a Heisman pick for each of us. Fellas, how are we doing? We made it. It's been a long summer, but Week Zero is
1: here. I mean, we're like you said, we're fucking here. The season's about to start. Week Zero is a slight slight cock tease, but, you know, I guess the juice is flowing. I guess yeah. it in, guess it's in the mindset. I'm going to go throw football around outside a little bit. You know, that's what you got to do. Have a it's few like, beers. It's do like last. taking a Viagra. You just got to let it sit for a little
2: bit.
0: <laughs> do you actually have to? I thought it would work to media. No, but um, I'm fired up. I know the boys are fired up. Let's get right into it. Um, we're going to take this conference at a time. And uh, we're going to start in alphabetical order, so we will start with the ACC. This conference has been absolutely dominated by Clemson, winning seven of the late of the last eight conference championships. Last year, they had a down year, but they still finished 10-2 with an ACC championship. The conference finished with three teams ranked at the end of last season, Clemson, Florida State, and Pittsburgh. And this season will open up with Florida State at number eight, Clemson at nine, UNC rounding out the conference at twenty-one. Betting odds right now have Clemson with the best odds to win the conference at plus one hundred and fifty. Florida State is at plus one hundred and seventy, and UNC is at plus eleven hundred. Clemson will have Kate Klubnick under center this year and a very strong defense. Florida State's got a ton of high-level talent on both sides, a couple of big-time transfers, and a lot of guys who came back to hopefully make this a season to remember. And UNC obviously has Heisman hopeful uh, Drake may, who could be a top two pick next year. Fellows, do we feel like this is a, a two horse race possibly with, with Clemson and Florida state or a three horse race, or is there another team
2: out of these three that has a shot? I think it's just a two horse race personally, but I, I would love to hear what Ray has to say. I mean, we could see, we could see obviously Drake may just absolutely go nuclear. It's definitely in within his purview. You know, he's a, could be the second could be the first overall pick that's what a lot of people are projecting him to be um and they have a good reason to he's he's amazing awesome prospect and he has a chance to be to be really just take the country by storm but i mean this is a unc team that's going to have a going to have to have this defense turn a corner and 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 be a top i don't know top 30 top 40 unit to really have a shot at this and i i i doubt that happens
1: I mean, I think I don't think you can count UNC out just because of the um, just the elite talent at quarterback. He can carry that team if if need be. I think Dean is right on though that that defense will need to it needs to improve. That defense has been miserable for years. I feel like last year I would just hammer North Carolina overs every fucking week just because it was so bad. (laughs) Um, But I mean, who knows, man? I mean, they they do have talent on that team. Uh, Mac Brown, if he can get that defense working and if Drake may can just take off, they could they can compete. But I mean, losing Josh Downs obviously hurts, he accounted for so much of that offense last year. I don't know how they're going to fill that void. So I I would tend to agree that is probably a two horse race, but the mid tier of this conference is good. And I feel like any week they could there could be an upset,
0: right? All right, fellas, let's get to uh, who
2: we think is going to win the conference. Dean, let's start with you, buddy. Who you think is going to win the ACC? I'm going to take the slight underdog in Florida state. I I guess I'll start it off first at the, at the helm uh, with Mike Norvell. I I really think he's a great coach. We saw him do a great job with Memphis and now he's taken over just an absolutely abysmal Knowles team to 10 and three just a season ago. And I expect them to build on this momentum. I don't really see them building on it in the sense that they're going to attain more wins than 10, but this is a tough schedule if they get 10 again, which I believe would hit their over. um, I I think that'd be an awesome season for them. And definitely one that still builds the momentum. I guess first I'll start with the offense. I'm not the biggest Jordan Travis fan. I I am pretty high on him. I had him at number seven in my 2024 QB rankings, but you, you cannot doubt his progression. And if you ask me much more might be in store. He has, A very deep wide receiver room led by johnny wilson that you know this this coaching staff and recruiting team got for him and the big kicker though for me and stats like this in college football just get your boy going i feel like i constantly quote these kinds of statistics and this offensive line which was above average last year has a total of 207 career starts on it among the starters. And that's just ridiculous. It it sounds like a fake number. It's the most in college football history. There is no replacement at all, especially in this college game for experience and continuity. And this unit has it at the most we've ever seen. They were in a staggeringly good unit last year. Like I said, they were above average, but I I really, really project them to make that leap. And if they do, additionally, they're also really deep and and versatile across their top eight guys. We love to see versatility, too, on the offensive line. Honestly, when you make the trenches that great and that dominant, potentially, uh, it really opens up for Jordan Travis to be able to develop his runs as a dual-threat quarterback, really get it to his wide receivers who can all make big big time plays and then lastly this offense rounds out with Trey Benson who we all love on this podcast I I think I had him number two um in my summer scouting almost number one but uh I like Henderson just a tad more but he's in stud and just sheds tackles like no one's business this offense is going to be dirty and I definitely definitely like it over this Clemson team so that's why I have them I guess if you want me to add something defensively uh they have a guy named Jared verse. Uh, that's all. That's all I'll add.
1: Fair enough. Ray. What about you, buddy? Yeah. I hate to uh, agree with Dean, but I'm going to have to on this one. I, I, lo- I love Florida state this year. I think he touched on the offense pretty well in particular that offensive line, the, the experience there and just being able to keep um, Jordan Travis, who's a little undersized upright. I think it's to be massive, but this team is just loaded with skill position talent. I mean, do you mentioned Johnny Wilson, and uh trey benson but they they bring in transfers keon coleman from michigan state and then uh the versatile jaheem bell from south carolina this this offense they have a lot of athletes and just a lot of ways to use these guys i'm curious to see how they use jaheem bell this year if they, they use them in the backfield they can use them at <laughs> tight end they can use a slot receiver i don't know um but that things That's we just, say every season yeah right it's just so <laughs> there's so much talent in a player that I'm just. I want to see someone be able to get it out of them. So I'm hoping they use them as like a flex, like kind of a tight end, wide receiver, in like a almost like a Trey Burton mold. Uh, shout out Trey Burton with the throw, throwback. But this this offense, I think, is gonna be a top ten offense. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they're returning three of the top four tacklers, all up the middle. In um, what's his name? Uh, Bethune, the linebacker. De- Deloach, the linebacker. Then Renardo Green, uh, the safety. I think Jamie Robinson is has gone, but they return a lot of talent on, uh, on defense. And Jared Verse is a game changer. He's a game wrecker. Uh, when push comes to shove, I want Jared Verse getting after the quarterback to help you close out a game. Um, they, have, they do have a tough schedule, though. I mean, what they open up the season against LSU was is that Sunday night? I would think, right? Sunday um, night. I think it's the Sunday night game, yeah, and then I think so. they have to go to Clemson, which. Is always a. It's going to be a rough game. I mean, that that may be the conference right there, and then close out at Florida in that rivalry game. Going yeah, on the road, it's, it's tough. tough. Florida's a not. They're not as talented as a team as they've been in past years. Obviously, they're going to be probably. It's going to be a down year for them, but still, it's it's a rivalry week. It's on the road. It's going to be a tough game, but I think they end up winning this conference and probably a, a matchup with Clemson twice. Yeah, I.
0: Really love this Florida State team, and I really love what you guys said. I'm taking Clemson um, as the current betting favorite at plus 150 right now. Mm. I I really think the defense is what takes us over the edge for me as well as their schedule. Um, not a particularly tough schedule, but for the three preseason-ranked opponents that they get, Florida State, Notre Dame, and North Carolina, they get all three of those teams which I think is really important for them. Clemson a very tough place to play. But like I said, I think this defense really takes it over the top for me, and I do think it's going to be them versus Florida State, and I think they have the dudes on defense, specifically in the linebacking room um, with Barrett Carter and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Um, to slow down this RPO offense. But I think the D-line is going to be really, really good, again, with Rupert Roro and Tyler Davis. Like I, I mentioned, the linebacking core, and I think Nate Wiggins and Andrew Makuba in the secondary are going to be top seventy-five picks in this upcoming class. I think if this offense gets going with a little bit more explosive plays, and and they brought in uh, they brought in Garrett Riley, who was a young offensive mind from from TCU, that they're going to take more shots with Cade Klubnik, and he's got weapons back again. He's got Will Shipley back last year. He's got Antonio Williams, who dominated. As a true freshman last year, Bo Collins is back from injury, too. So I think this offense gets going a little bit more than they were last year, and the defense just has studs. And you guys mentioned Florida State's offensive line. I love their offensive line. Clemson also returns four or five starters on the offensive line, too, which is really important. But like I said, I think the defense and the schedule really takes it over the top for me. Um, And I'm going to trust this team that's just dominated the conference for so long. So I'm taking Clemson here. Ooh. 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 All right, so we're uh, we're a little split there, but let's get to our dark horse, maybe a long shot that we like in this conference. Dino, who you like as a dark horse?
2: I will announce them, but I won't elaborate until I elaborate my favorite over-under, if that's cool. Uh, that's and that's going to be I, – I really want to – I'm going to lean into this dark horse because, like I said, I, I genuinely believe that this conference is a two-horse race. But if you want me to get crazy and put a few shekels on it, where I see value. I genuinely believe the best value outside of a Clemson and Florida state is NC state at 25 to one. And which would be hilarious, but they hey, actually like have it. a ceiling potential there, which I will, which I will talk about. Fair enough. Right. What about you? Um, My dark horse. I, I just think this
1: is a team on the rise and they're going to hit in the next few years. So I'm going Miami uh, plus 2000. Chris Bowles. What is it? Second, second year, third year. But he's already recruiting like a fucking madman. I think, uh, yeah, Tyler Van Dyke under center got experience really – I I don't even know if I want to say up and down. Just a poor year last year. But that offensive line was so fucking abysmal. I think they really do address that. They got five-star tackle Francis Maugioa. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I just butchered it. Sorry. And then uh, Alabama transfer (laughs) Javion Cohen. And not to mention they got another five-star Francis Akunla. Uh, I think he's waiting in the wings. I don't know if he's going to start right away, but so this offensive line is already looking a lot better in the spring game and just throughout fall camp. It's just been all the reports. Um, I-, I love the defense too. They got a deep, deep, deep defensive line led by Leonard Taylor that they're going to get to the quarterback, and then they brought in transfers Jaden Davis from Oklahoma and Devontae Brown from UCF to help shore up that back end. So I don't know if this team's going to hit this year. But this is a team on the rise. I think in the next three years, we may be talking about the U being back. Ooh, I crazy.
2: actually was very close to picking that one, but TVD is brutal. It's so bad at football. It, it's actually crazy that he won the twenty. Tyler Van Dyke. Oh, I was just saying, you know his nickname
1: TBD. Okay, Dan, you use initials for everybody. Um, (laughs) I also forgot to mention too, though. This what's going to be hard about this year? Their schedule is fucking miserable. Uh, AMM, I think week two, and then they got to go to UNC, to NC State, to FSU. So it's a really, really fucking tough schedule this year. But they're they're an ascending team with a lot of talent. So if if I had to take any underdog, I think it's going to be them.
2: By the way, I feel like. At almost everyone in this ACC has a really rough schedule. Just looking over most of them, it really except for Clemson, they might have the easiest one, which is pretty funny. Yeah, this is even tough too. But, um, my for, bad.
0: yeah, for, for me, if I'm gonna bet on anybody else, I'm taking Florida State. It's, I'm not gonna get too crazy in this one. I get a little bit crazy. Wait, what? What the what? Wait, 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 what?
1: wait, 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 <laughs> so your bet to win the conference was the plus one fifty favorite, and your dark horse is the plus one seventy second place favorite. Yeah.
0: So I'm betting any,
1: yeah. If I'm going to sprinkle on anybody else that's not Clemson,
0: I'm not going to bet any of. these. I do not like any of these other teams in the ACC. I don't think anybody else can win the conference besides like to be teams.
2: able to call it a dark horse. I feel like it needs to be like a minimum of five to one.
0: You know what I mean? Well, that's why I explained in the in the preview that it could be a team that. Could could win or gotcha. a team that we feel comfortable sprinkling on, right, cut at, that at their, not, but not comments. even
1: not even two to one odds.
0: <laughs> Nobody, who else is at, realistically going to? No one have a shot. That's why. This I conference. mean North
1: Carolina.
0: I, you could have said. I mean NC State. They, is they're a not good. Team. These these other these other teams are not good enough. And I get some crazy
2: dark horse
0: picks. That's what they said about TCU
2: last year, kid but i really
0: i really believe this is a two horse race if i've ever seen one um i won't go into them cuz you guys covered it but um i mean they returned the most production in college football 87% of their their college product their production from last year 80th in offense and uh 94% on defense which is second in the country so um if if it's not going to be Clemson it's going to be Florida state so that's who i feel comfortable sprinkling a little bit of money on right relax all right Okay. It's first fucking you know, conference.
1: So if you bet both of them, you're not going to make. You're not, you can't even make your money back if one of them wins. <laughs> well, I'm not betting both. Of them. <laughs> Just betting the one. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, that let's get wild. to
0: uh, let's get to our favorite over
2: unders for the conference. Dude, Dino.
1: The, uh, I'm not going to say. Made, we'll, we'll <laughs> wait, <we'll> wait. <laughs> All
2: right. Okay. Okay. My my favorite over under is obviously as I teased before is NC State, and that's going to be the over of six and a half. I did, of course, wait for this to settle. Um, I you know what, I'll go into that a little bit later. But really, the crux of my confidence in this pick really lies with one crucial factor. And that's the hire of Robert Anai as OC paired with senior transfer quarterback from Virginia and a familiar face form, Brennan Armstrong. Uh this first re- the first reason is Anai is just he's a massive upgraded OC. I mean, anyone could notice that. This team was abysmal. And a t te- and, and on top of that, Anai took an abysmal Syracuse passing attack in 2021, which only averaged 153 yards per game on 50, 54% completion. Same quarterback, by the way, to a whopping 231 yards a game on 62% completion, which is just A crazy difference you would assume that Anai came in and probably made them pass the ball a bunch more that wasn't the case they only averaged about like three and a half more attempts per game the the difference in completion percentage was just huge and then most importantly Brendan Armstrong he was pretty average probably below average last year and had his worst year in college obviously but he proved that he could just ball out in a nice system back in Virginia when they were together in 2020 and 2021, most specifically in 2021, he was just nuclear. I mean, it was like 4,400 yards, like 35 touchdowns. I actually don't have it up, which is ridiculous. I should still have that up, but just video game statistics with like 64% completion. I'm well aware of obviously the flaws and the negative drawbacks of this team. Really include, you know, the top two wide receivers—they're gone. Their top 30 old linemen are gone, among other things. But the market opened up at the aggressive seven and a half wins and has really settled at a place that I feel very, very, very confident—confident confident to bet the over. Thanks to the Anai Armstrong pairing and having one of the best DCs in the country and Tony Gibson, who regularly produces top twenty defenses. He did the year last year. He did the year before, and. I think over six and a half and you can get it at minus minus one fifteen right now. I, I think that's an absolute steal. I think really Vegas had it correct at seven and a half. What are you laughing at, Ray?
1: I'm so, I still can't get over soft picking Florida state.
2: <laughs> I really thought you were, um, oh, but um, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. One last thing on NC state. Um, you guys did this to me. <laughs> they, I, I, I love this when it comes to college, especially um the home advantage but uh nc state is one of the best programs in the country at home the past few years they're like 16 and one which is just and if they could squeak out an upset say over like a clemson a unc or a notre dame which they all play at home the over is going to be a lock of six and a half this team i think personally i think this is an eight nine win team
1: nice right who you got
2: um, I'm going Clemson under 10 and
1: I'm fucking hammering it. I actually already did. So, uh, <laughs> fucking Dabo's a prick, uh, guy, guy doesn't get with the times. Fucking one, one transfer this, this off season, which is just abysmal. Uh, but just on the field, I've transitioned to K club, I think it's going to take a little longer than people may think opening up at Duke, dude. I think that's a, that's a sneaky, tough game. You know, um, he played last year, right? Yeah, no, he played towards the end of last year. He played. But like it's still he's still a young quarterback. He's a sophomore and new offensive quarter, as you said. But they they do, they do have an easy schedule, like in terms of uh getting some good games at home. But I think this that streak in the middle to Miami, to NC State, and then hosting Notre Dame at home, I think it's a tough, it's a tough little stretch. Um I don't know if they have the the skill talent on the outside that they've had in the past. I know you said that the freshman he had a, a really good year, but just other than him, I think they're a little weak on the outside. Will Shipley is a good running back, but, and their defense is obviously, their defense is always that cover three shell scheme, really, really good deep on the defensive line, but 10 wins is a lot, man. I could see them winning. I could see them losing two pretty, pretty easy. And three, if we include the conference championship game. So uh I think under is pretty safe. It's minus 115. I got it at. So that's what I'm taking. All right, around
0: us out here with the ACC, I have Duke over six and a half, which is plus one thirty right now. Um, for anybody that listened to our quarterbacks summer scouting, I really loved Riley Leonard and what he did last year. Um, this is a team that won eight games last year in the regular season in year one under Mike Elko, um, and all four losses were by one score last year. So this is a team on the rise that has a ton of production coming back. Their top ten. In offensive production, coming back, he's got his top four receivers all back, can do it with his legs. They have a really good offensive line with Graham Barton at the helm. Um, This defense has got to improve, but Mike Elko has been known um, to revamp defenses. So I think in year two, their defense is definitely going to be a little stronger. Right now, I have wins against Lafayette, Northwestern, UConn, Wake Forest, um, and Virginia. And then he's got toss-up games. With NC State at home, Louisville and Pitt at home, so they need two of those three games in those toss-ups to to make this hit. But with the plus money, I like a team that's ascending. So I'm taking Duke over six and a half.
1: I like that. I was looking at that too. Duke's just Duke's a good team, man. I think that I think that opening week against uh, Clemson is going to be real, a lot closer than people think.
2: Yeah, should be a good one. I'm curious what that spread is going to be because I, I I I think I it's. Like,
1: Oh, let me I actually have it up right now. Let me
2: see.
1: That
0: spread
1: yeah,
0: they're, they're really interesting. I mean, their schedule was 12 and a pathetic. half. What is it? 12 and a half.
2: I guarantee that's that's like 14 maybe maybe yeah, I think 14, it's going to be 14 and, 14 and a half. And, I, and then when it went at 14 and a half, I yeah, I can't wait to tease that I can't wait
1: to tease that shit. <laughs>
2: Dude Ray's itching to bet
1: college football.
0: I'm so not. Um all right, let's let's move <laughs> on to uh let's move on to the main course honestly. Let's move on to the Big 10. The um th- this is the last season until USC, UCLA, Oregon and Washington join the conference. Um and for some reason, Ray, I don't know about you as a a fan of a team in the in the Big 10, but I feel like this season it means more to win this conference championship than it will in the next couple years, when these teams enter, um, I definitely feel it for Penn State. But Michigan has won back to back conference championships, and both teams, uh, Michigan and Ohio State, made the college football playoff last year, both lost in the semifinal game. Um, we had some big coaching hires in the Big Ten this offseason with Matt Rule now at Nebraska and Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Michigan will start the year without Jim Harbaugh for three games with the university suspension. Oh, big shock. Way to go guys. Howard. Way, way, way to discipline guys. Um, he'll miss the three, the first three games against East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling Green. Jesus Christ. Scumbags. Um, <laughs> uh, but there are still a lot of reasons to like the Wolverines who open the season at number two. They are plus 180 to win the conference with JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, and a dominant offensive line coming back. Um, Ohio State starts the year at number three, who is currently the betting favorite at plus one sixty-five, coming with a ton of expectations. They're extremely loaded at the wide receiver position, obviously, with Marvin Harrison and Emeka Obuka. They still have a quarterback battle going on with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, but both guys are five stars. Both guys are going to be fine. Um and then we also have Penn State at number seven with plus 600 odds, who is also coming in with a ton of hype with Drew Aller now taking over at quarterback. Wisconsin and Iowa are also in the in the preseason top 25 at 19 and 25, respectively. Ray, I'll start with you here. How are we feeling about the conference in general? And then who do you like to win the conference? Yeah, I mean, as if is, I needed
1: to ask. Yeah, no, I mean, this is <laughs> probably the, this is probably the best the conference has been in a while, just top end wise. We're always deep, but... Uh, there's three legitimate national t- uh, championship contenders, I would say, and fourth if you want to count Wisconsin, but I don't know yeah. how quick they're going to transition. I think – I mean, obviously, I'm picking going with OH on this one. Uh, Two loaded at, at the skill positions. That wide receiver room is the best and the deepest in college football. Marvin Harrison's a freak. Abuka is going to be a first-round pick. Julian Fleming, they're saying, is a lot healthier this year, so cross my fingers on that one. And then – uh <laughs> Travion Henderson and Maya Williams are just an absolute fucking deadly duo in the backfield. Hopefully, we get Travion healthy all season. I'm still curious who's going to win this quarterback battle. They they've been saying it all off season. They're going to take it into the season. It, it looks like it, uh, at least the first two or three games until Notre Dame. I was uh, I was I was hearing
0: something from I forget the guy's name, but he used to be a former coach at Ohio State who's talking that Devin Brown might be uh, leader in the clubhouse right now.
1: Yeah, he's been getting a lot of. Um... Uh, what you call it? I guess buzz. As of late, the whole offseason—they're both hit- going
0: to play to start the season, right? Yeah,
1: it's going to be—it's going to be—they're going to both play for the first at least couple of games, I think. And they're going to—I guess that's who's going to determine the winner. But McCord was was kind of like the presumptive favorite all offseason, just because he's been there for uh, two years prior. But Devin Brown—they like his mobility, so I kind of want—I kind of want to see him go. He he threw the fuck out of the ball in high school, he broke records, and thinking I want to say like Utah or. Nevada or somewhere, whatever the fuck that means. But um the the real question with this offense in particular is just gonna be the offensive line. They had two new starters at tackle in uh Josh Fryer and Josh Simmons transferring over from uh San Diego State. So that's the biggest question. If they can keep uh whoever's under center upright, this offense is gonna roll to two top five level. And then on defense, second year under Jim Knowles, and they just they're loaded with fucking talent. That defensive line is of Jack Sawyer, J.T. Molo out, and Mike Hall, Tyreek Williams. They're deep. They'll rotate, but I'm. Mike Hall, what's
2: up, Daddy? Mike Hall is Daddy. I have a I'm... question for you about the offense, though. Yeah, I mean, hear... okay, no, let me hear. It. I'll wait. Go. I I didn't want to cut you off, but I ended up cutting you off. I, I I I kind of read that. I thought it was more smoke screen that they were saying that that it would go well into the go well into the year. I took it as a negative that they. You know, Ryan Day said, I think, like the other day, he said something like the, this QB battle isn't even close to being over.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people like that's like kind of the um the trend in college football. People think it's just like it's kind of fake when the coaches say that because they try to keep the guys out of the transfer portal. But this one seems legit. I mean, it's two five stars. Are you not uh, are you not are you not
2: like, you know, a little bit worried that. I would be worried. No. I feel like that's a bad look that that there hasn't been one of these guys to, to pull away from each other.
1: Dean, it's, it's college football and you got two five stars. I mean, this isn't a cute, this isn't a quarterback well, controversy. Both, this is a quarterback battle.
2: Depending depending on your source, they're both four stars actually. Okay. We're Devin here. Brown, Devin Brown <laughs> was like the sixth rated quarterback and and uh God damn it now. Both, like... both highly
1: recruited both highly recruited corner. The other guy was
2: like eight. Yeah, yeah. They were highly recruited, but they were four stars. I didn't want to I didn't want to interrupt sauce, but they're now five stars.
1: Gotcha. Anyway, uh back to what I was saying. Um this defense <laughs> this defense is gonna be a lot much improved on in the second year under Knowles. Uh Sonny Styles is getting a starting spot at safety. He's like 6'4", 230, and they're playing him at nickel. So we'll see how that goes. But uh this defense has so much talent. Tommy is gonna lead the country in tackles again. That guy's a fucking G. So, yeah, I'm taking, taking the boys. We're going to beat the team up north in November and win the Natty. Let's go, baby. All
2: You're right. so Eichenberg, by the way. All right, Dana, who you got? I got, I got. Come on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not state. I freaking wish it was. I actually went in so biased to do so. But this is this is Michigan. We all know this is, just like Ray said, this boils down just to Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. I guess outside chance of Wisconsin. Some might say a dark horse, but, but, um, but, um, nah, bro, but uh, you know,
1: Michigan's the dark horse pick team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. you guys are the ones who were telling me, Oh, <laughs> these teams can't <laughs> win. <I don't> care. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to be completely honest though. For the most part, the selection just boiled down to one aspect for me. And that, and that was JJ McCarthy. I, I, I am, I'm a big, big, big fan of his. He was very high for me on um he was number three on our summer scouting uh quarterback and he was just so damn good last year and for such a young kid going into his second year as a starter has a top five o-line o-line that just won best o-line in the country back-to-back years and and the best one-two punch at running back in the country uh you know obviously with donovan edwards and and blake Coram. i just believe some natural progression is even in order additionally and i mean if that's the case. I feel like I listen, I understand the question marks at wide receiver, but Michigan has always done a great job utilizing the big boys who could catch the catch the rock, obviously with the tight ends. And you pair sophomore, Colston, Loveland, and the transfer. Um AJ Barner, um, with the with the horses they have at wide receiver, you know, they have a couple like number twos and number threes. But you pair them with those two uh, tight ends, which I think will gladly um, take the helm with a uh, Schoonmaker being gone now. to the draft, I believe it will suffice. And I just think JJ McCarthy is him. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to show that he can take it to the next level in his second year as a starter. And then you look at a Penn state and Ohio state on the other hand and, you know, at quarterback, they have first year starters. So it's it that that ended up being the, the decision maker for me personally, because these are three extremely talented teams.
1: As a football fan, I'm really I really want to see uh Michigan take the reins off JJ and try to rely on him a little bit more. I know that running yeah. game, that running game is deadly. And that off the line, that's just their their uh formula to win. But mm-hmm. I, for NFL purposes, I really want to see them let, let him loose, because I, I, I like you, I do love love the talent of him.
2: Yeah, I I mean, a lot of people say and a lot of gripes that people have with him is that they he hasn't really even had the opportunity or has shown that he could consistently do a a deep ball and push and push the ball push the rock down the field. But I I really think that he has it in him, and I think that hopefully they'll give him that opportunity. They might not even need to this this one two punch, and that's the reason why I didn't take J.J. McCarthy as my Heisman candidate. When we talk about it later, I just feel like he might not get the opportunity to wow, and I oh, think that I mean, was my big, logic probably too. Probably yeah. baked into the price of plus 1800, 18 to one. one hundred percent. But I mean, he might just not because they might just freaking run for three hundred yards a game, and and you win football games like that. Right. Um, I'm siding with Dino
0: on this one. I have Michigan as well. I just think this really fake, came down. Big
1: fan. Big fan. <laughs>
0: Wow, I love that. Um, let me let me hear you. Judas,
1: song. Judas over here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Judas.
0: <laughs> fuck you and fuck Ohio State. Um <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense, but I really do feel like this Michigan I feel like Ohio State can go deeper into the college football playoff than Michigan, but I really do feel like this Michigan team is really just set up to beat Ohio State. Um and to beat Penn state for that matter. Cause I also feel like Penn state is set up to beat Ohio state and not beat Michigan um, in terms of the players that they have, right? Don't make the faces like that. Like in terms okay. of the players that they have and the scheme, <laughs> um, this is the best offensive line in the country. I mean, these guys go eight deep and could all be NFL players. And I agree with what Dean said. I think if JJ McCarthy takes the next step, cause this run attack is just going to be devastating. For any team to play, I think this offense could be could be really good. And on defense, linebacking core, Junior Colson and Michael Barrett are two of the best in the country, two two of the best in the conference. And then they arguably have the best corner in the country in in uh, in Will Johnson. And if anybody's going to slow down Marvin Harrison a, a tenth, it's going to be him. Um, so I'm looking at Michigan. Also, their schedule is fucking slapdick again which is crazy. I don't know how they keep getting away with this. They don't have to play Wisconsin, and they don't have to play Iowa either. Um, so good for good for them in the scheduling department. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens if all these teams kind of beat each other. And I think Ohio State kind of has the edge on Michigan and Ohio and Penn State if they all split games, if they all have one loss based on um, record of opponents, I think, just because Ohio State gets Wisconsin, um, so curious to see what happens. And, and Notre shame. yeah. So curious to see what happens if they split <laughs> games. Um, who, who who we're rooting for? But um, I really do think Michigan is is set up nicely to to win three in a row, which would just be absolutely crazy after the dominance over a decade from Ohio State, and it looked like Jim Harbaugh was about to get fired. Four years ago. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an awesome year in, in the Big Ten. I really can't wait. Um, let's go to uh, our dark horses. Ray, who you got as your dark horse?
1: Uh, I'm going Illinois plus, what was it, 3,000 I got him at. Uh, coming off eight-win season, that defense was just fucking dominant uh, in Bielema's second year. I think they're still good. I know they lost a lot of people in the secondary and uh, they lost Chase Brown too in the backfield, but I think that that team is just on the rise. Bielema has an identity there. Uh, and I think he's just gonna keep rolling. Yeah, Newton and Keith Randolph in the middle of that defensive line too, so they're they're big. They're hungry. Uh, a lot of production to replace in the back end, but I think with Bielema's scheme, he'll be able to do it. And then on offense, they're returning three of the top four receivers, and they're expecting big things out of Isaiah Williams, who had 700 yards and uh, five touchdowns last year. This is an offense that's expecting to throw the ball a lot more, too, with Chase Brown gone. They bring in Luke Altmeyer, who I think just got named the starter the other day from Ole Miss. Who, he was a top 150 recruit for them and just lost out on the battle last year to Jackson Dart. So this is a kid with a lot of arm talent. I hope this is an offense that wants to start developing more, throw a little bit more, but that run game will still be there. They're just going to have to go by a little bit more of a committee approach. Uh, they avoid Ohio State and Michigan in the regular season, and they're playing in that shitty, or I guess shittier. It's gonna, it's up and coming, but shittier Big Ten West. So, an upset or two throughout this year, I can easily see them making their way into the, uh, the Big Ten championship game. And do I think they can beat an Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State? No, but in one game, dude, anything can happen. So plus three I thousand, I like those odds for a little yeah, sprinkle. I'm actually seeing uh, on FanDuel, you can get them plus five
0: thousand right now. Oh wow! So if you get an extra Literally. sprinkle. Take a look at FanDuel. Do you know who you got as your dark horse?
2: No, Ray sucks. That was mine. They're they're, they're strong in both trenches, and just like Ray said, they, they they can they can squeak their way there, and 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 you see it with their with their schedule, the, the weakness of their schedule. If they were potentially able to to build off of last season, yes, they lost some some absolute studs. You know, obviously we're talking Quan, we're talking Sidney Brown on that defensive side of the ball. And of course, Devon Witherspoon, you know, very highly drafted guys. But this is a team that that is strong in the trenches. And that's where you win football games. And on top of that, just like Ray talked about, as far as the quarterback and some of the guys they have and the schedule weakness for 30 to 50 to one. You know, it's uh, it's definitely where I would put a few dollars.
0: Yeah, I thought about taking somebody from the West, but
2: how am I not going to ride with Penn State? Let's go,
0: baby. Um, This is for sure a a homer pick, but this is really the time for Penn State State to strike. It's this year and next year. Um, (laughs) Drew Drowler is coming in with a ton of hype, and I think he'll be able to turn to the best backfield in the country outside of Michigan. Uh, With Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, they got a ton of talent up front. Olufoshana is going to be a top 10 pick in this upcoming draft. Um, The defense is fast. They got a lot of dudes, Manny Manny Diaz really knows how to scheme it up. Chop Robinson, Abdul Carter, Kalen King had a very talented defense. So I think they can compete with anybody. It's obviously going to come down to these games against Michigan and Ohio state. And hopefully they can split. And then we're rooting for some teams that, uh, are pretty shitty to get a couple more wins and they win not the tiebreaker. But um I think playing Michigan at home kind of benefits them. I think they've had some decent games at Ohio State. Um, so we'll see. I'm I'm hoping for a split, but I really do think this is a 10 win team at worst. Um, so I like Penn State plus six hundred.
1: Nice, nice, nice.
0: All right, fellas, let's get to some bets. Ray, who you take in over under in the Big Ten?
1: Uh, I'm going Wisconsin over eight and a half. Um, Luke Fickle is is my guy. Love him coming in. I think he's going to revamp that. Just the culture, the defense, and everything. Uh, and they bring in Phil Longo from North Carolina, which is going to completely reshape this offense. It's not going to be your your daddy's Wisconsin offense. Just running the ball downhill. A little bit more spread action also bringing Tanner Mordecai to play quarterback. It's going to be a little bit more, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a new school offense, which I'm really excited to see. But besides that, they still have Braylon Allen, the fucking big workhorse, big workhorse running back. So this is going to be a, this is a really interesting team. Um, I, I do like, I mean, I, I was thinking about choosing them as my dark horse to win, but I didn't think plus 700 was enough. So I went with a little bit of a, a juicier fucking dog, but this is another team that I could, I could definitely see win, uh, winning the big 10. It, if, um, uh, if you like this plus 700 odds, I wouldn't mind a little sprinkle on that, all right. What about
2: you, Dino? Yeah, this was the, this one was simple for me. Uh, and that's going to be Ohio State under 10 and a half, minus 110. First time starter in either junior Kyle McCord or redshirt freshman Devin Brown, both of course, four stars. And uh, not kidding, but um, it it, it is it, it is late August. And I, I mean, I teased this when I talked to Ray and I asked Ray that question, it's late August, and to me. I'm fairly I would be fairly concerned that neither has separated themselves from the other. I mean, you're still hearing from coaching staff, the coaching staff that it's in no way has anyone pulled away from one another. That to me screams both are most likely mediocre, mediocre have been mediocre thus far. I was
0: going to say I was going to say spin zone maybe they're both just playing insanely well.
2: That that's that is also true. <laughs> But then you pair that, even if they are playing very well, then you pair that with probably the top five toughest schedule in college football, definitely top 10. But when I look at it, you're at Notre Dame home against Maryland at Purdue home against Penn state at Wisconsin at Michigan home against Minnesota. It's just a gauntlet and I'm happy to put money on the Buckeyes losing at least two of those to cash. And, and then on top of that, if I cash, Ray's also unhappy, and that's like a win-win. So it's like, <laughs> so instead of it being minus one ten, it's like plus two twenty. So it's like plus two hundred. I was out on your bet, but the emotional factor
1: of Ray bringing into it, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Nice. Fine. I already, um, I, already de-
2: I already declared I'm not watching Ohio State, Michigan with anyone this year.
1: So
2: <laughs> not doing it. I, I do I do want to point out, and obviously Ray touched on it when he when he picked Ohio State as his conference winner. This team is just laughably stacked. It is. I'm just really banking on like a – because turnovers can change, obviously, the outcome of a football game no matter, no matter the horses you got. And, you know, if one of these quarterbacks has, you know, that three turnover, four turnover game and there's only two of them, you know, they're going to lose those games. These are tough opponents.
1: Yeah. Also, I, wanted to just, I just want to note that Michigan did the same thing last year with their quarterbacks in McNamara and McCarthy. They let the competition go into the season, so uh, lick my team. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll round this out here. Uh, I'm going Minnesota under 7.5, minus 165 right now. Um, honestly, I don't love this team at all. I know P.J. Flegg's a really good coach, but they're losing out on – Tanner Morgan, who was not good last year. They're putting in the degree quarterback, I can't even fucking say his name, who couldn't beat out Tanner Morgan last year as their starter. Um, so I don't love that. They lose Mo Ibrahim, who was basically their entire offense last year, so I don't see this offense being any good. When I take a look at their schedule, it's not easy. I mean, I give them firm wins against Nebraska, against Eastern Michigan, against Northwestern, against Louisiana, and Purdue – And even if I give them toss-up games, Michigan State and Illinois, that still only gets them to seven. So I'm on the under. I don't think this team is going to be very good. And I think they take a step back from where they have been in the past few years, which is a feisty team. I really don't think they're going to be that good this year.
1: I like it. All right, boys.
0: Let's keep it rolling. We're at to our third conference. We're at the big 12. Uh, This is the first season in the Big 12 for BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. That just does not feel right in the slightest. Um, This is also the final season for Texas and Oklahoma before they joined the SEC. Last season, Kansas State won the Big 12, but the darling of the season and the darling of Dean's brain was TCU. Um, They made the college football (laughs) championship and then just got absolutely dismantled by Georgia. (laughs) <laughs> but it really was a, a magical run for them. Um, TCU lost a ton of talent to the NFL. So this season is really setting up to be Texas's conference to lose. In my opinion, um, Texas comes in at plus 100 to win the conference. They're loaded on offense around Quinn Ewers and the rest of the conference just feels really uninspiring. Oklahoma is second in terms of odds at plus 420, and Kansas State is at plus 500. Texas, Texas opens the season as the highest-ranked team at 11. Kansas State is at 16. TCU is actually at 17, and Oklahoma is at 20. Um, There's so much hype around this Texas team, and it feels like forever that people have been saying Texas is back and they haven't won a conference championship since two thousand nineteen. Dean, is this the
2: year? Is Texas back? It is the year Texas is back. I, I I would have liked to say no to that the way you phrased it to me, but sadly they are the they are the winners of this conference. At least this conference sucks. This conference also is not good at all. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's really simple equation. It's Quinn Ewers plus one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country equals a dynamic offense that wins this pretty pretty below average conference. So, and they've been saying it that, and this is honestly where I started to buy in. Uh, and it's quotes that are happening from from their camp over and over again, from from coaching staff and and also beat writers that it's the deepest this team has been in over a decade. Yes, over the past few years, a lot of people have been saying that this team's ready to make the next step, ready to pop, but it, it just doesn't, it's hard to do that when your team lacks depth especially at the college level. I mean, honestly, at all levels, it's football. But they had the third best recruiting class in the country this year. They had the fifth the prior year. And Texas actually had a, a really sneaky good year last year, actually. Uh, they only won, I believe, eight games. But they out, they outscored opponents by an average of 13 points, which was the best in the country, and only losing by a score or less in four of the five losses they had, all against really tough ranked opponents. So uh, you know, with another year of stacking that depth and another year of familiarity in this system for a Quinn Ewers, who is obviously a top prospect, quarterback prospect in in the country, uh, this team, in my opinion, is ready to pop. How about you, Ray. Yeah, I'm on the Texas
1: uh, bandwagon as well. I, I watched so much of them this offseason in summer scouting. It's it's hard for me not to uh, choose them. But the Sarkeesian offense with all these weapons, it's just hard not. And also not to mention uh, they're returning all five of their offensive line starters. It's hard not to fall in love with. Uh, Xavier Worthy bringing in A.D. Mitchell and Jordan Whittingham is probably a top three wide receiver core. It's not as good as Ohio State, obviously, but it's. Damn fucking good. And then when you sprinkle in uh, JT Sanders as well as a nice mismatch piece uh, who can play pretty much a a big wide receiver on the outside. He can play a slot. He can play a tight end. Really versatile. I'm curious how they're going to make up that uh, production at running back, but I think that freshman CJ Baxter may get some looks, and if not him – They have two sophomores in uh, Jaden Blue and Jonathan Brooks, who are they're talented. I'm not really too worried about that, but with that passing game, this offense is going to fucking put points up. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you got the big the big uglies and Devontae Sweat and Byron Murphy up front. Uh, Ryan Watts, a big long cornerback in the secondary as well, and then their linebacker um, Jalen Ford too is another one I think who's on the uh, senior bowl watch list as well. He's a twitchy athlete, so I just love this team. I think that. Texas may be, I think Texas is going to be back this year. I'll, I'll say it right now.
0: Yeah.
2: Let's uh, what's up, Dino. CJ Baxter is supposed to be a beast by the way. Supposedly he's going to be involved early, maybe not often, but early and potentially often later on the season. Yeah. So. I mean,
1: there's a lot of production to make up. You, you think that yeah, they put lost. the most talented guys in there, right?
2: Yeah. True. Right. Very true.
0: Yeah. I'll make this a clean sweep. Um. You guys covered the offense really well give A little bit something for the defense. Uh, I think if they can get a little bit more production out of this D line, especially getting to the quarterback, I think um, this team could really pop late in November. Um, I like what they have in, in the secondary. Jerry Thompson, Jahan Barron, um, are really good safeties. And Ray, you mentioned uh, J- uh, Jalen Ford, they got a freshman too, Anthony Hill, who was five star, number 16 overall prospect. Um, He isn't slated to start right now, but they said he's just been an absolute monster in camp. So I'd be curious to see if those two are paired next to each other. My God, they could have a scary duo in the middle. And I love what Quinn Ewers showed. And I think he's going to take a huge step up. Um, They said he put on like 10 pounds this offseason, which he really needed to do. He looked really good. Um, But they also have some dudes In that quarterback room, Malik Murphy especially, who they've been raving about at camp. God forbid something happens to Quinn Ewers. I really do think this team is okay with their quarterback room if if he were to go down or anything were to happen. Um, And obviously, Arch Manning has gotten a a ton of love as well, but I think they would go to Murphy first. So I think Texas is backing kind of like I said in the preview. The rest of this conference just is really uninspiring. I don't think this conference is any good. So uh we'll make it a clean sweep here. Let's
2: My bad. It. I also I also wanted to say that uh that statistic that I said before, I think I phrased it incorrectly. I said uh it was like yeah, the 13 points they they average winning against their opponents by by an average of 13 points. Uh I think I said that's the best in the country. That's just the best in their conference. I apologize for saying that.
0: I love the accountability, Dean. Keep Thank you up. for the retraction. Yeah. Um, Dino, who you got as your dark horse in the Big Twelve?
2: Oh damn! That puts me on the spot because I was gonna pull up like I was just gonna pull up the. uh, Well, give me Ray, Who you got as your dark horse in the conference?
1: Um, I mean, like we said, I think this is it's gonna be a tough conference for someone else to win. But I mean, I'm going with my boys. The uh, in OK State Gundy's team had a they had a tough year last year. They went seven and six. I think they lost their last three. But the schedule alone, I think, make gives them a chance, a fighting chance. They avoid Texas. They get Kansas State, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma all at home. Uh, Spencer Sanders no longer here. I think he's at Ole Miss right now. I don't know if he's did he win that job, does anyone know? No, I think it's gonna be Jackson Dart. Wow, that sucks. Uh, yeah. but um they bring in <laughs> they bring in Alan Bowman from uh Michigan, who he was actually spent time at Texas Tech in th- I think played three years there. So he's familiar mm-hmm. with this air, this air raid scheme that uh is gonna run. They bring that back their top three receivers and they also add a transfer from Washington state in Dijon Stribling too. So this passing attack has got a lot of options, a lot of bodies. Uh, Their run game is obviously going to be their big question. I don't think it's going to, they're not going to be a run heavy team at all, but they bring in uh, the senior senior transfer from Michigan state, Elijah Collins to help uh, fortify that room. And for for this defense, they, they struggled last year without uh, Jim Knowles. So they're still trying to find their way. They, I think they hired a new DC, so if they can just get a little bit better, I think this could be a eight nine win team and maybe make a a championship game, and then we'll see what happens there. But uh, right. plus four plus four thousand odds. I mean, it's a
2: long shot. Yeah, yeah I don't. No, any- I, I like that, Ray. You really going? You're really going with the big the big numbers tonight. Dean, you
0: want me to go? Or you go.
2: I'll just go. It's yeah. it's, it's it's obvious who this dark horse is. TCU. It's TCU boys. It's the, it's the horn frogs. And and you know what? I will, I will reserve. Why did you need an extra minute to say that? We all, everyone in <laughs> the
1: brother knew what you're going to say. I
2: know. I know. I did. I wanted to wait. I just wanted to look at the odds so I could say the odds out loud, but nice. it, it's this TCU. Team, what are the odds? They lost legit a hundred people to the NFL draft, but who cares? They're the horn frogs. They have the best logo. They have the best fan base. They have the best stadium. They have the best coach who's ever coached. So, Sonny what? Dykes pod to the day I die, and that's at sixteen to one. Nice it's free money. This but is- I, but I, I'll reserve. I'll reserve further elaboration uh, for my my favorite over under.
1: You want you want the hard hitting analysis? You come to BTT right yeah, there. That's hard hitting. That was good. Best logo. Best logo. Best jersey. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: um, I'm taking Kansas at plus 3,000 as my dark horse team. If you listen to this podcast ever last year, um, you know this was my darling team. So it's not Uh, even a dark horse for you. It's a black hole. God damn it, (laughs) 3,000? My God, did I make a lot of And my God, was I bad last year at college football betting? But the only bets I was hitting last year were Kansas in the first five (laughs) weeks. Um, I love me some Jalen Daniels. They were 5-0 last year and a top 10 offense before he got injured. Um, This team is back, and they're ready to go. They have the second most returning production in the country with 91% of their offensive production, which is first in the country, and they have 80% of their defensive production, which is 10th. Daniels is the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year candidate. Um, Some other members who made the preseason first team, running back Devin Neal, who had over 1,000 yards last year, offensive lineman Mike Novitskiy. And cornerback Kobe Bryant. How many Kobe Bryants are there playing corner? Uh, God damn! Like, what the hell? Pretty crazy. Is another um, C O B Y? Yeah,
2: no, by it's C O B E E. Oh, just, <laughs> just, just, by the way, by the way, yesterday was uh yesterday was Kobe Day. Eight twenty four. Uh, I really. Well, yep. R I P. And I really hope you guys uh you know shot a paper ball and and missed a a, a trash can by by a wide margin while saying Kobe in his honor.
0: All right, well, he rolled in his grave when you missed, I guess. But um, all the weapons are are back for Daniels, like I said, including Lauren- Lawrence Arnold and Luke Grimm at wide receiver. We both had really good seasons. Um, the last reason why I love this team is that in the starting 22, 21 include upperclassmen. So this team is, is all back. They came back for a reason. So I'm really looking forward to watching this team and Jalen Daniels back on the field. So Kansas plus 3,000, a little sprinkle on them.
1: Nice, nice, nice.
0: All
2: right, let's get to uh, favorite over unders. Dino, you want to start? Yeah, sure. If if you didn't think my last analysis of TCU was hard hitting and um, and intricate enough, buckle get right up. To this one, buckle, buckle that up. Nice, because this is still. Wait, hang on. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Because this is still the Sonny Dykes pod, and it always will be. It'll never be between two tackles. That's just a front. This is the Sonny Dykes <laughs> podcast, and Sonny Dykes' job is not finished. He made it to the big game, and he got a taste of that blood, but he fell just short, just 57 points short or shot, <laughs> of that kill. And guess what? As the kids say, fuck it, we ball. And regardless of being massacred in that national championship game, now everyone wants to be a horn frog. Netting to you, yeah, dude, 21st best recruiting class in the nation this year and a top 20 transfer class to go along with it. Texas Christian University is on the up. I have more faith in Sonny Dykes to put these young men together and win eight games this season than I have for my mom to make a great Sunday sauce. And in my 27 years of life, Justine has never missed at that. So TCU over seven and a half. Juice to minus one twenty five. We're gladly laying that minus dollar dollar twenty five. I like it, Ray. What do you got? I don't know how I'm gonna follow up that one, but uh, <laughs> I'm going
1: Oklahoma under nine and a half wins. Uh, year one of Will Venables' regime was pretty miserable, to say the least. Uh, six and seven they went, and they went three and six in the Big Twelve. That defense that he's known for, they allowed almost thirty points per game. It's gonna get better this year, but I don't know by how much. And then they end up. They have to go on the road to Cincinnati, to Texas, to Oklahoma State, and to BYU. I don't think those games are gimmies at all. And then you, you tack you tack on. They lose Eric Gray to the NFL. I'm not the biggest Dylan Gabriel fan. I don't know about you guys. I feel like he's always banged up. I'm not the biggest fan of his performance. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson Arnold gets a call at some point in the season. So, for that, I'm going under nine and a half wins.
0: Nice. I'll round us out here. A team that we mentioned before from Ray. I got Oklahoma state over six and a half. Mike Gundy has never won less than seven games since 2005 in his first year at Oklahoma state. And I'm not about to start betting that now. Um, If that's not enough of a reason, um, I don't know what is. Alan Bowman transferring in. Like you said, I think the quarterback play um, will be on par with what Spencer Sanders did last year. And hopefully, like Ray said, they can take a step up defensively. But I mean, this schedule is really, really favorable. They only have to play Kansas State and Oklahoma's ranked teams, and they're both at home. They don't have to play Texas. Um, so, I see eight wins. Honestly, I'm smashing this at minus one ten. So, Oklahoma State over six and a half. I like that. I may tell you on that one too. Yeah, that's my biggest bet so far. I I I won't tell you on that. Fair enough. All right, boys, let's keep it rolling to the Pac-12. With the Pac-12 now falling apart, it seems, looks like the conference is going to be done next year. Um, the conference is just really on its deathbed with the four teams that we mentioned moving to the Big Ten, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, with head coach Deion Sanders. Dion now in Division Um, They will be joining the Big 12 next season. Also, recent news as of yesterday, I think, Cal and Stanford are joining the ACC, and there is speculation now that Oregon State and Washington State um, are looking towards the AAC or the Mountain West. So goodbye and, I guess, good riddance to the Pac-12. Really interesting, too, because I feel like there are a ton of good teams in this conference, and now everybody's leaving. Um, I think this is the tightest race in terms of the most teams that could possibly win a conference championship, in my eyes, with Oregon Uh, USC, Washington, Utah, all under plus 500 with everyone's quarterbacks returning, which is not something we can say for a lot of these high-powered teams. Utah has won back-to-back Pac-12 championships, and with the uncertainty of Cam Rising's health coming off an ACL, not sure if he's going to be ready to go to start the season. It'll be interesting to see how they start the year. USC opens as the betting favorite to win the conference at plus 180, and will start at number six in the preseason polls with – Heisman winner um, and presumptive number one pick, Caleb Williams. And Once again, with an absolutely loaded offense. In terms of odds to win the conference, they are followed by Oregon at plus 325 and will start the season at number 15 in the polls. Looking for another big year from Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, and Troy Franklin. Washington is a close third at plus three fifty to win the conference, but will open the season at number ten in the country. Michael Penix is back with a great wide receiver duo in Roma Duns, Jalen McMillan, and a good defensive line. And as I mentioned, Utah's fourth spot uh, to win the conference at plus five hundred, and will start the season one spot ahead of Oregon at fourteen. Oregon State, with transfer DJ Uyongale and a great returning defense, will also be in the top twenty-five at number eighteen. No Pac-12 team has been to the college football playoffs since Washington in 2016. Be curious to hear your thoughts. Does, is this the year a team gets in right? We'll start with you.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm going with Oregon as my winner. Um, I, I just love this team. I, I, My hatred for Bo Nix has been deteriorating slowly ever, (laughs) ever since that fucking, I've been grinding you down (laughs) that that first game. I still can't get over that first game that Auburn game when he fucked me on that bet. But (laughs) that being said, uh, this offense is loaded. Uh, I love, I, I love Bucky, Bucky Irving as a running back too. He is, a fucking, he's got so much juice to his game. Very elusive. I hope he, I mean, I don't know if he did, but I would love to see him put on a little bit more weight and just become a little bit more of a physical back as well. But Troy Franklin, my number two wide receiver in the upcoming NFL draft class, too. He's tall. He's a fucking deep threat. True, true straight line speed to take the top off, which I love. And then you bring in some transfers in, uh, Trayshon Holden from Alabama, uh, and Tez Johnson, too, to really round out that group. And then this is the second year under Dan Lanning and that his, his trademark defense is what he's known for. This defense was not up to his standard last year. They allowed 27 uh, and a half points per game. I think it's only going to get better. They pretty much reloaded their secondary, which which is with all transfers Uh, Kyrie Jackson, uh, Tysheem Johnson, Evan Williams, Nico Reed, Cole Martin. I think they're all presumed to be starters. They added a couple of linebackers as well, but this up front, I love, I love some Brandon Dorless. I hope we get to see some Johnny Bowens, the true freshman, make some plays too. If this defense needs to be a little bit better, this is a conference I think they're going to beat the absolute shit out of each other like a typical, almost like a Big Ten conference would. But I see Oregon coming out on top. Nice.
2: Dino, who you got? I got Washington. Uh, I was surprised after landing on that. I really, 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 obviously – Wanted to do Utah, go Utes, but to have their their two best offensive players coming back from massive massive surgery uh, in obviously Cam Rising in his ninety seventh year as a college football quarterback and Brent Keithy, uh, the electric tight end, uh, both you know I I couldn't do it. Too many question marks. Lost a lost a good amount of guys to the to the draft, so we went with Washington. And I'm actually I'm actually very happy about it. Uh, a year ago, the Huskies were the second best offense in the country, and they really have positioned themselves to repeat or even get damn near close to that. And if they do, like just like Ray said, this is going to be these games. These Pac-12 games are going to be fun. They're going to be over city. They're going to be the craziest over lines ever, and people are still going to bet over on them. And honestly, some a good amount of time they're going to hit because these teams. Are just going to just put up crazy amounts of points. I'm not the biggest Penix guy, especially thanks to his injury history, but I had him at still at number five in my summer scouting rankings. Um, but and his stats were just staggering a year ago. And this year he gets to keep his top three pass catchers just like just like Sauce talked about before, and in the running back room, the Huskies retain Cam Davis, who punched in 13 touchdowns last year, and they even bolster it with uh, with getting four star Dylan Johnson from the portal. Uh, I forgot which SEC team he was on, but but highly recruited guy and a, a guy that who's supposedly doing really well in in, uh, in camp right now. Uh, I do have some worries about the interior of this offensive line. They lost all three of all three starters, but they retained both tackles and. and Fatanu, I definitely butchered that in Rosengarden. And these guys, uh, the stats and metrics, when they're both on the field together, are very, very good for this Washington O line. Yes, that granted, that has three interior O linemen who were who were very good, and and now are gone. But this is a offense and a scheme that I believe they can get away with the interior of this O line being. Uh, let's say average to slightly below average and just having tackles play really well, which these tackles, I believe will if healthy. And that being said, I I, I like Washington and I additionally like the price. I believe like, I mean, it's anywhere from plus 300 plus 350. You can get it around right now. And I, I think that's a solid price to bet on a team that is really, really in the thick of it with USC and Oregon. I don't, I don't see how USC is much favored over them other than people just you know, goo goo over, over Caleb Williams.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I also have Washington to win the conference. Um, I definitely want to have the USC com- conversation right after this. Cause none mm-hmm. of us picked them. Um, but Dean, I, I agree with everything you said. I think the big question mark for me was the same as you was that, that three interior offensive line, this offensive line was extremely good last year. They only allowed seven sacks, which was third least in college football. Um, I think in year two under Kalen uh, Kalen DeBoer, this offense is going to take another step up. I think Michael Penix, Romo Duns, who left a lot out there for us, especially during our summer scouting, I think he's going to take a big step forward this year and become dominant. Um, And then I think the defense is going to be strong. I think they are another team similar to Oregon that brought in a ton of players from the transfer portal into the secondary um, to help bolster it, but I really love this front seven Braylon Trice and ZTF on the D line are as good as you get in the country. And then, uh, Olu Foshio Edufan definitely butchered that one. Um, <laughs> is a, is a really, really strong linebacker, like pack to all pack 12 type of linebacker. So I think if they can get a little bit from their secondary, I think transferred Jabbar Muhammad from Oklahoma state who had nine pass breakups last year is, if he's the one to do it, I think they could be really good. And, Dean, I agree. I think this is a crap shoot, but they get Oregon and Utah at home, I think, which is which is nice for their schedule, too, with the tougher places to play rather than having to go to USC, I, which I don't think is that big of a home field advantage. Um, so I like Washington plus 340 as well.
1: Um, let's talk about USC well, before, real before quick. We, before we move on to that, I, I just want to say, I'm reading this Washington defensive depth chart and it's making me feel like i'm dyslexic i couldn't read it's three of crazy these games. like what's going on here <laughs> yeah <what>? it's crazy <laughs> keep going i'm sorry i just had to point um, that let, out let,
0: let's talk about usc cuz they're the betting favorite right now and none of none of the three of us bet them dean i agree with you i don't see why they're so heavily favored um over these other two teams but uh what's the reason maybe you guys are are staying away from usc what wins championship, Sauce? None of these teams play defense, Ray. Next question.
1: I, mean, I, think, I think Washington's <laughs> defense is pretty good, and yeah, uh, their
0: defense is the best. And, and I, I think, still don't think they're that good.
1: I think Oregon's defense is up and coming. So I think I just that's what my I think all these offenses are going to be high powered. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to someone making a stop. That's really Fair what it come. That's what my logic was. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to uh, dark horses, Ray. Who you got as your dark horse? Oh geez, oh um, Oregon State. <laughs> I forgot who I picked for a second. Yeah, Oregon State, 100%. Uh, this team was a sneaky 10-win team last season, and they just ran the shit out of the ball. I think they ran like for about 200 yards a game, returning all their backfield and uh, four or five guys on their off the line, which is good. They get an upgrade at quarterback, pre- presumably with um, I, I'm DJ. I we pronounce- Thank you. I wasn't going to try to pronounce that. So, I mean, this guy, this is a five-star recruit, a former five-star recruit with all the talent in the world. It just really didn't work out for him in Clemson. I've got to think a change of scenery may help that. I mean, I don't know, but anything that uh, is better than what they had last year at that quarterback spot, uh, they get Utah and UCLA at home in the middle of the year. They miss USC. They end the year on a tough stretch at home versus Washington and a uh, home versus Washington and at Oregon. But, I think this team is just this team's too good on offense. They they return I think like eighty percent of their guys, and they get that upgrade at quarterback. So I'm gonna pick them as my underdog
2: dark horse at plus eleven hundred. Nice, Dino. Who you got? I damn. I didn't pick Utah for the reasons that I I said before. It just. I mean, if if this was if they weren't playing football and it was just like beauty contest, like best looking, obviously, you know, Kyle Wittenhouse and, and cam and, and cam is bringing that home, you know, with Oh, the- Dean, yeah. my God, did we miss you? But no, I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, but sadly this is about people tackling each other and stuff. And this team just doesn't have it. And, and I think cam rising, I mean, cam rising does amazing in a clean pocket. And I think as a guy who who could have his best year in his seventh year as a, as a quarterback, in college football or 15 years, however long it's been. But um, I, I, I picked Oregon state as well. and, And I picked it off of the confidence that I heard in the airwaves that they have when they named DJ, their new starting quarterback. And just like you said, he has all the, you know, all the potential in the world still that, you know, that's not different because he, he left Clemson and didn't, you know, it didn't pan out. I feel like that team was weird and really didn't facilitate him well anyway. So uh, this could be a a rebranding and he could definitely potentially win this, uh, you know, and and it's a good price. Right. Um, I got UCLA
0: at plus a thousand. I really, really love this team as a dark horse in the conference. I think if Chip Kelly can bring the most, at a freshman quarterback, Dante Moore, who I think can be really, really special. I actually watched a couple of his high school games last year. It reminded me so much of CJ Stroud. It's actually scary. Um, I think they could go really far. I think even though they lost Charbonnet to the NFL last year, TJ Harden averaged seven yards a carry last year, and they brought in um the best-looking white running back I've ever seen in uh in Carson Steele from Ball State, who ran for over 1600 yards and 14 touchdowns last year. Um, they also brought in highly touted wide receiver Jay Michael Sirdiven Surdi- from Cal who Dame Bruler loves as a as a prospect and I think they have the best D line in this conference with Lai Latu, and uh Gabriel and Grayson Murphy. All that to say, I, their schedule is so favorable, too. It's actually crazy. They get all the shitty teams that you want to play. They get Stanford, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Cal. They don't have to play Washington or Oregon. Um, they are on the road against Utah early, so maybe they don't have to catch Cam Rising. Uh, Oregon and U.S., Oregon State and USC all on the road. Um, so three tough games there, but the rest of the schedule is just. Easy. So I think if they can get through that that tough three game stretch, I think they could be a real dark
1: horse to win the conference. I like that pick. I'm just curious, did did Dante Moore announce him as a starter yet? Um I don't think it's official, but they said it's looking like that. There were those rumors like a few weeks back that like he was like pissed off and like ready to transfer. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, um I, I think he denounced them, but like it was still like it was getting weird for a little bit. But I mean, I just think it's going to be tough with the freshman quarterback in that conference. But they, I, I'm a sucker for Chip Kelly's offense, and with someone who was he was he the end up the number one quarterback in the class, or was he number two? I think he was two. That guy has all the talent in the world. So I mean, I think, I mean, especially for next year when they join the Big Ten, I think it's only right to play him this year. Get him, get him the reps, and just hopefully he can take an even bigger step next year too. Right. All right. Let's get to uh, our favorite bets, Ray. Who you got over under on? Um. Hold on. I gotta find it. Uh, oh, bro. I feel like we, at least I, at least Dean's gonna take this with me too. Uh,
2: Colorado over three and a half. Oh,
0: fuck let, you. Let, let,
2: let's go, baby. Over? over three and a half. Yeah, let's go. Are you kidding me? If you if you like to gamble and aren't betting this over, check <laughs> well, your goddamn pulse, dude. It's I'm fucking, staying as far away. It, is prime time baby and not having shekels on that and watching that and the potential of it happening and the just the excitement you're out of your mind and it, and you get a little bit of love on it plus 120 dude i'm staying as far away from this as possible but go ahead dude it's so disrespectful to <laughs> coach prime
1: i don't know if anyone saw that video <laughs> yeah, last yeah. week right they, they were they were fighting in practice and like a couple of guys like didn't fight he's like he's like what the fuck are you doing he's like said like, one of us fights we all fight Fucking love this guy. Um, yeah, he's awesome. This is a legit experiment though. No one's ever seen anything like this. They think they had like 70 people transfer out, 50 people transfer in. Uh unheard of. But you got his son under center. Uh Travis Hunter. Is he I don't know if he's gonna play both sides of the ball, but I think so. They're saying he may. He's an elite talent. I think he was the number one or two guy in that class a couple of years back. So it's just it's so unknown. Like no one knows what this is. I'll take the over three and a half. Fuck it. Coach Prime is, he's a greedy fucking coach. I think
2: they're going to be losing games by 40 and winning games by 40 in a weird way. Do you kind of get what I'm kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I know
1: what you're saying it's, it, this is
2: unpredictable. It's what it's going to be. It's, it's exactly of- the volatility might be wild or they might just be the worst team in college football history. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. We'll find out. Oh, but I'm going to find out with money on the line, brother. Dean, what do you got? I'm going to war. Colorado over three and a half. What the fuck. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, I'm taking
0: Cal under 5.5 minus 158 right now. It's just, um, it, it's this is one of the toughest schedules I've seen. It's absolutely ridiculous. They play all five preseason-ranked Pac-12 teams, and they have to play UCLA. So even if I'm generous and give them wins against North Texas in week one, which I don't think is a cakewalk, um, Idaho, Arizona State, and Stanford, they would still need to beat both. Auburn and Washington State in their swing games, which I don't see them happening. For a quarterback that is basically un- unknown in Sam Jackson the fifth from from TCU, I just don't see it with Cal. So I'm taking under five and a half. Nice. All right, fellas, let's round out our conferences with the SEC. The back to back national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, will open the season once again ranked number one in the country with minus one ten odds to win the conference. They'll have a new look on offense this season with Carson Beck under center and now Mike Bobo as their offensive coordinator as Todd Munkin has left for the NFL. This team is still loaded on both sides of the ball. Honestly, too many players to name. They have a really favorable schedule, too, which is ridiculous for a team that just won back-to-back national championships. Um, They don't have to play Alabama or, or LSU from the SEC West. And if Carson Beck can just be serviceable, it seems like another trip to the college football playoff is in order. Alabama and LSU will likely be fighting to play Georgia in the SEC championship game with Alabama starting the season at number four in the country with plus 300 odds to win the SEC. LSU was right behind them in the preseason polls at five with plus 460 odds to win the conference. Alabama has a void to fill big time at the quarterback position with Bryce Young gone. And none of these three quarterbacks, Jalen Milroe, Ty Simpson, or Tyler Buckner, seem to be separating themselves at the moment. So we'll see what the answer is. But this team is really solid on both sides of the field, uh, especially on the defensive side. LSU has Jaden Daniels back. And with Malik Nabors, they should be one of the best wide receiver uh, quarterback duos in the country, along with defensive pieces. Mason Smith back from injury, coming off an ACL, even though he will serve his one-game suspension. Game one against Florida State, which is fucking crazy. Huge. Um, and they also have Harold Perkins, who is one of the best linebacker prospects I've ever seen in college football. Um, there's a ton of quarterback turnover in this conference, but some big expectations from some other teams include Tennessee and Joe Milton at 12 in the preseason polls. Ole Miss is at 22, and Texas A&M is at 23. Um, Dino, we'll start with you. Is this once again Georgia's conference to lose or? Can Alabama or LSU or any of these other teams
2: uh, dethrone them? This isn't this isn't Georgia's year. Ooh, we're going talk back to man. Bama. It's going back to Bama. With only that quarterback time, room. Hear me out. Hear me out. Fair. The only the only time. Well, first and foremost, I mean, like you said, with too many guys to even talk about and even say. You you you'd be sitting up here. We it would take an hour and a half just to name the absolute studs and five stars across Georgia and Alabama it's ridiculous they're, they're one and two as far as recruiting class it's just actually silly their second and third stringers are are just different they're, they're guys that would be that would be stars on other teams in in, in comp, on competitive on great teams so I I feel like splitting the hair might as well be as easy as I would do right now. And that is Nick Saban has only missed the college football playoff one year in 2019, the following year they won the national championship pretty handedly. They didn't lose a single game. And I think that is in the stars again in 2023, after they have just missed the college football playoff in 2022. I did like I know that he did not win the starting job yet but the little bit that I did see out of Jalen Milrow when Bryce Young did get hurt I did like I thought he popped off the screen at times and I thought he could throw a a solid ball and I think that that will be enough to get them there and for that reason I will pick Alabama
0: nice right who you
2: got I'm rolling LSU this year uh, this is yeah. This
1: is a little bit of a weird one for me, but I I do love the Jaden Daniels Malik Nabers connection. I think this offense is pretty dynamic. I love Jaden Daniels' too, uh, dual threat ability. And then on defense, that defensive front is I think it's gonna be fucking disgusting. Uh, Mason Smith, I'm a, I'm expecting massive things out of this year. And you touched on Harold Perkins too. I think they're gonna be in the quarterback face all day long on defense. I just I, I think there's just an opening in this conference this year. I think the uncertainty at quarterback above them, I'm going to take the the returning starter and a team that's not as talented as the the two teams above them in terms of odds, but they're right there.
2: I was honestly going to do that over even quoting a Georgia Ray, but I I don't know why. There are times when I see Nick Saban, I just feel like his rage could scorch the whole entire earth. (laughs) That's fair. I feel like it could be – I just don't, I don't trust Milrow. I feel like it's akin to a nuclear bomb and there's no way that they've been having fun over in Alabama football. And that's for a reason because they got business to settle. And I feel like, I feel like they have a really good chance too.
0: All right. Um, The first conference and the only conference that all three of us disagree on, I'm taking Georgia going for a three Pete. I think there's just too much talent for them to fail. Even if Carson Beck takes a little bit to get going, um, the skill guys and Brock Bowers and Lad McConkie on offense are going to be dynamic and the defense is just as loaded as ever with talent. It honestly is unbelievable what Kirby smart has been able to do the past few years. Um, Michael Williams and Azir Stackhouse along the defensive line are going to be really good. James Dumas Johnson, Smeal Mondin and the linebacking core are awesome. And then Javon Bullard and Kamari Lassiter are also going to be arguably top 75 picks in this upcoming draft. And I think, like Ray said, I don't trust any of those Alabama quarterbacks, no matter how talented the rest of the roster is. I just don't think they can score enough points to to stay with Georgia. So I'm taking Georgia to, for a three-peat. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the dark horses or
1: whatever you want to call them. Ray, who you got?
0: <laughs> whatever you want to call them. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, I'm going A&M plus 1,400. Uh, I liked what I saw from them at the end of the year. Jimbo Fisher, this is – a fucking make or break year for this guy. This guy, I I know he has like half a billy in the, as a contract or whatever the fuck he has, but they've been struggling mightily. They went 5 and 7 last year. But on the positive note, uh I like what I saw from Connor Weigman towards down the stretch and they bring in um what's his name? Patrino, Bobby Petrino over on the offense. So I think there's Upside there. Moosh Muhammad, big time talented receiver. And they have the former five-star Evan Stewart, who I think was a, a freshman All-American last year. He had 50 plus catches, 650 yards. Five-star running back, uh Ruben Owens is looking to make a claim for that featured role with when Devin A. Chain is gone. And then on defense, they've been so bad up, they've been so bad like just against the run and just in general. But there's there's again, there's just too much talent on this team for this team to be as bad as they are. Uh, McKinley Jackson, we've talked about him a week or two ago. Fucking love him as a player. Then they have they're just littered with five stars on that defensive line. Walter Walter Nolan, Shermer, Shermer Turner, Shermer Stewart, Gabe Brownlawn. They just they have those are all five star guys. I th- I know they bought all of them. Uh, I want to say in the class two years ago they were all like top twenty players. So I'm looking for a big step up in um just just production from them, and I think. Who knows if Connor Weidman hits, I think this team can uh, make a claim in that big 10 and that uh, sec West.
2: Nice. Do you know who you got? I'm actually shocked. Ray didn't uh, go with this team. I, I I love Tennessee as a dark horse. I, that, I mean, I was between the two. If I'm being i I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, this is, we've known this offense to be a very easy one read offense to run. It makes it very easy for quarterbacks to come in. And not only that, You have a guy who's three years in the system now in Joe Milton who has shown that he could be awesome in it. He had 10 touchdowns, zero picks last year. Yes, he came in a lot of times for garbage time when they were up a lot. uh, But he also played a a bowl game against Clemson and absolutely dominated. His 65% completion percentage on the year as well. I feel like this could be a seamless transition from Hendon Hooker to Joe Milton. I mean, I loved Hendon Hooker. I thought he was awesome last year but uh, and I'm not saying that Joe Milton needs to, you know, really match that, but, and they also lost two of their big time wide receivers to the draft, but I, I like that price of 14 to one. And of, of, of course, as you guys said before, the two top dogs have question marks at quarterback, which could open it up potentially.
0: Yeah. I'm also going with Tennessee. I don't have many concerns about this offense. I think Joe Milton's going to have a big year. I think Bruce McCoy, stepping in as that number one wide receiver um, is going to be pretty seamless. I think this offense kind of just runs itself. They're going to put up points. It's the defense that has to come along. They were not good last year. They need to make some big strides. Um, Aaron Beasley's back, who had 76 tackles last year, played really well for them. Um, they did also bring in uh, Keenan Pilly, uh, who had not 190 career tackles in the transfer portal, and BYU corner uh, gave Judy Lolly. So, Hopefully if that defense gets a little bit better, I think their offense can can stay with anybody, but they got to stop somebody for them to, to do anything late in the season. So I like I like Tennessee. Uh I don't know if I'm touching their their win total. I think they were nine and a half. Um, but as a dark horse team, I don't hate it. Let's keep it rolling, boys. Let's get to uh our
1: last bets. Ray, who you got over under in the SEC? Oh, this one was – I mean, you're not going to like it, but I'm going under George's – what is it, 10 and a half? 11 and a half wins. 11 and a half. Yeah, 11 and a half. I just think that's too much. Uh, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. I'm not buying it with Carson Beck at the moment. I, I, I see it to believe it. And they just lost too much talent on defense. I know they're a fucking factory, but so many years of just losing – like top two day NFL draft picks, I think it's going to catch up with them eventually. So I just, I'll bet on them fault, like faltering once. So yeah, mine's 135.
2: How you, Dino? Yeah, I like that. Um, Mine is definitely going to be, and I like this one a lot. This might be one of my favorite over-unders, probably my second favorite after uh, the uh, NC State over, and that's going to be South Carolina under six and a half wins. Honestly, I'm willing. I did not get the good number. I I know that this was probably at, like, minus 130, but uh, I got it at minus 160. It's at, and and I'm happy to pay that juice. I, I said the phrase a gauntlet to describe the Ohio State schedule, but the Gamecock schedule almost makes it look like a cakewalk. It It's crazy. It might be the hardest in the country, like right up there with California. Um, UNC, Georgia, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, A and M, Kentucky, Clemson—it's ridiculous. The schedule makers are just flat out mean when they just when they devise this thing. Honestly, uh, we are officially also the uh, Spencer Rattler Fade Pod. So that on top of that is yeah, Clemson. big
0: time Spencer Rattler Sander. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll round us out here. I got Vanderbilt over three and a half minus one sixty five. His team finished five and seven in the second season under Clark Lee. Uh, AJ Swain took over the qu- Took over the quarterback position last year as a true freshman, and played pretty well. Um, they have a really good wide receiver core. Will Shepard, Jaden McGowan, and Quincy Skinner Jr., I think this team could be bowl eligible this year with wins over Hawaii, Alabama, AM, UNLV. And I think they could steal a few games against Wake Forest, Kentucky, Missouri, Florida, Auburn, or South Carolina. I smashed this at minus one sixty five, Bandy over three and a half. Nice. Good stuff, boys. All right, here we go. It's the college football playoff picks. Give me your four teams. Ray, we'll start with you. Who you got? And then give me your national chant.
1: Um, I'll go in order from one to four. Ohio State, Texas, LSU,
2: Oregon. Uh, Ohio State takes it all, obviously. Dana, what do you got? Texas, LSU, Oregon. Oh, I like that. Wow. You don't have – I don't have one of your guys. (laughs) No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. How's that possible? I, I have Texas. I have Texas. Okay, so um, one is Michigan, two is Bama, three is Texas, and then four. I'm going to go Washington. Nice. Nice. I, I really want to do Florida State there.
1: Pack twelve getting back in the playoff, huh?
2: Yeah, but I wanted a, that, and they just their schedule actually warrants that as being an option. I feel like FSU's schedule is just it's too rough it's it's gonna be very hard to to get to the eleven twelve wins and and give your give yourself an opportunity even after you potentially win the ACC fair enough
0: um I struggled to decide who to put it one and two um I went with georgia at at number one I went with Michigan at two Clemson at three and then Ohio State four so a little bit of a rematch from last year's semifinals um that. and I
2: have Michigan winning it all. Cowards. Oh yeah, I have pretty brutal. Oh, did, were we supposed to say who won it all? I didn't say that. Who's winning it all, Dean? The Horn Frogs. No, no. Um, I, be, uh, I believe. Uh, I believe Michigan will take it. Pussies. All right. Sorry. All it's right, fellas. No, good no stuff.
0: Let, let's get to. Uh, let's get to our final picks we got the heisman winners um caleb williams was the heisman trophy winner last year after an unbelievable season he entered last year with the third highest odds which kind of got me thinking how often do the favorites win i went back and looked at preseason odds from the last 20 years basically um no player since 2004 when matt liner won has a player won the award after being the preseason favorite so 18 straight years Um, The favorite hasn't won. No player has won uh, back-to-back Heisman trophies uh, besides Archie Griffin, which was in 1974-75. So
2: who's going to win? Dino, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Florida State's quarterback, Jordan Travis, uh, 12-1 to odds. I'll keep it simple and short. His dual threat ability, potential for continued progression, serious playmakers in the wide receiver room. And we'll be playing in some big games where he will need to flash his crazy athleticism and provide some patented Heisman moments to really get the job done and uh, solidify himself up there. Even if his team I project to not make the college football playoff.
0: Nice. Would you, uh? would you get odds at 12 to one
2: plus nice. plus 1200? Nice. Right. Who you got?
1: Yeah. I got plus 1200 too, but I'm taking Quinn Ewers uh, that Sark offense with all those weapons. You got Ad Mitchell, uh, Xavier Worthy, J.T. Sanders, Jordan Winningham. Winning um, I just love it. I think the loss of the two running backs, they're going to rely on Quinn Ewers a little bit more. Returning offensive line, added weight. I think he'll be able to stay on the field more. I think this this is just the only thing going against him is the lack of dual threat ability. But I think he's going to put up monster numbers through the air. So and and they'll make the playoffs. So I'll go him. All right. Uh, I'll round us out
0: here. I got Michael Penix at plus sixteen hundred. I think year two in this offense, like I said, there's just going to be a lot of room to grow. Even though he threw for 4,600 yards and 31 touchdowns, ran for four. um I really think it's all out there for him, and I think the only concern for him is his health. Uh, but he was able to get through last year, so hopefully he continues to do so. He also has a really nice Heisman stretch, kind of like Dean mentioned for Jordan Travis. He gets USC, Utah, and Oregon State as three of his last four games in the conference. Um, all throughout a tough schedule. So I think he can really separate himself during that stretch and have some monster games. So at plus 1,600 for a guy that's going to put up huge numbers
1: again, um, I like those odds. I like the, I like all those picks. We should all just sprinkle on yeah. all of our guys. I feel like we're bound to hit one of them. Right. Like I said, there's,
0: statistically, there's no way that Caleb Williams wins again. Uh-oh. Can't do it. Uh-oh. Yeah, no. I, I, would. I don't think it's going to happen. All right, boys, that was fun. I'm fired up. Week zero is tomorrow. That's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our college football preview. Stay with us. We are not done. The season is just starting. We're going to have some bets coming for week one. We're going to re we're going to preview some games, so stay tuned for that. Uh, follow our Twitter or X, whatever you call it, at Two Tackles with the number two. Find us on the internet now on underdogpodcast.com. And stay with us as we start this 2023-2024 college football season. Fellas, appreciate you. Let's fucking go. We made it. We fucking
2: made it, boys.